We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Notre Dame fans, welcome to a special edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. And of course, before we go live tonight, and I'm doing a solo show, and we're going to talk about the Notre Dame Blue Gold game, of course, 15 minutes ago or so, Notre Dame gets an unexpected commitment, at least it was unexpected to us, in the 2024 class. We're going to talk about that. I'm going to go through and give my observations of the Blue Gold game, things I like, things that maybe be concerned about. We'll answer your questions. It's going to be a fun night. If there are some other commitments that are happening, we kind of we thought there might be a commitment today. This wasn't the one we thought was going to happen. So if something else happens during the show, I got Ryan and Sean, everybody paying attention. Vince is producing the show. So we're, we're, we're going to still have a team effort as far as content tonight. But as far as the show goes tonight, it is just going to be me. So you're stuck with me tonight. But wanted to thank, first of all, everybody that came out tonight. To or to, came out this morning and this afternoon for the tailgate. It was a lot of fun. Got to meet some people that I hadn't met before, see some people I have seen before. Um, wanted to also say uh, that that a, a lot of people kind of felt a way about how I talked about the Dante Moore yesterday. I apologize if I came off um, a little, little brusque yesterday, but uh, um, I appreciate y'all very much, and it just was one of those things where it was uh, I got a little frustrated, but we're all good to go. We can talk about whatever you guys want tonight after we get through all the analysis and the breakdown. So let's start off first and foremost with Notre Dame landing a commitment today from a 2024 defensive lineman that we were not expecting. The young man's name is Brandon Davis Swain. He is a 6'4", 240-pound player from West Bloomfield, Michigan. It's right outside of Detroit. So Notre Dame picks up one of the best players from the city of Detroit, from that Detroit area. Very talented player. And it marks the second year in a row. I believe it's it's only two. I don't I think the first commitment from the previous year, I believe, was, was an offensive lineman. I could be wrong on that. Uh, I believe Joey Tonona was the first commitment in the 2022 class. But for the second year in a row, Notre Dame kicks off their 2000 or their recruiting class with a defensive lineman, which is big. Little background on Brandon Davis Swain. He is a, like I said, a talented player, 6'4, 240, from West Bloomfield. 
and he is ranked as I'm gonna I'm pulling up here now. I believe I am correct on this, but he is ranked as the number 63 player in the country, according to the on three ranking. So very, very talented player, ranked as the number seven defensive lineman in the country, number three player in the state of Michigan for his class. 247 Sports ranks him number 158. Rivals ranks him number 190. But Rivals also ranks him number 190, but they do rank him as the number nine D lineman. So uh, they clearly he, they think he's one of the 10 best defensive linemen in that class. Very interesting player. We're going to pull some film up here in a little bit on him and uh, and really break down his film. So he he's a kid that uh, I think brings a lot of value to the table for Notre Dame. And uh, intriguing player. You know, when I when I watch the kid, I, I think one of the things that I see is he's built kind of like right now today as a defensive lineman. He's 6'4", 240, or defensive end. He's, you know, 6'4", 240, built more like a defensive end. But when you look at his size, that's how he is right now. I'm going to pull up some film here in a second. But he's a guy that when you look at his frame remind it's like he's just kind of got he reminds me a lot of Brennan Vernon at the same age you know Brennan Vernon was like 6465 like 235 240 pounds as a sophomore but you could just see the frame that he's going to really fill out and that's how I feel about Brandon Davis Swain uh, so he's a he's a guy that that you watch him we're going to watch some film here in a little bit he's a talented player we've seen him before he's a good athlete fluid athlete for his size quick off the ball plays a lot more inside than he does on the edge, which is a reason why I think, you know, there's some projection to him being an interior player. But, I, you know, I think from what we see of him right now, I, I could see him being a big end unless he completely, you know, just blows up over the next couple of years. I think he's kind of got the frame and the body, in my opinion, to still be a guy that, that you know, can play on the edge based on where he is right now. So I really like this pickup. I think this is a talented kid. I think this is a kid that that – Number one, you know, look, y'all, we've said this before. If Notre Dame is going to consistently recruit at a high level, one of the keys to that is being able to get the best players from the Midwest and being able to have success in Michigan. And when you go back and you look at the great Lou Holtz years, when they were really rocking and rolling with recruiting, they were getting great players out of the state of Michigan. It wasn't, it's not high volume. You're not going to get six or seven kids out of that state every year, but go there and get top kids. And we're seeing that with obviously Brandon Davis Swain. You look at the 2022 class, they got Nolan Ziegler. They got Josh Burnham out of the state of Michigan. You know, they got Rocco Spindler out of the state of Michigan. 2016, they got Dalen Hayes, Khalid Kareem, and Adi Tagumba Ogandishi out of the state. So if Notre Dame can continue to go into the state of Michigan and, and get some of the best players from that state, and this is one of the best players from the state, that's huge. West Bloomfield is a very good football program. Uh, well-coached football player. You can see it on film. You know, this is a kid that knows how to play the game of football. So uh, this is a, po- a big-time pickup for in, in a lot of different ways. And, of course, you know, having a great defense is about is about being great up front, and I think that's an important thing. Offer list for this young man, Michigan, Penn State, Michigan State, Ole Miss, Nebraska, Tennessee, Iowa, Boston College, Louisville, Kentucky, West Virginia, Maryland, and Illinois. So let's just briefly pull up some film. We're not going to do a full show about him. Uh, just we'll, we'll talk more about him on Monday uh, when we do more of a full show. But I do want to bring up some film of, of, of Brandon, give you guys sort of a glimpse of what this young man is all about, what he brings to the table, and really what Notre Dame is getting in him. So 
Uh, I think this is, like I said, I think this is a very, very good pickup for Notre Dame. Notre Dame's first commitment in the 2024 class. So Notre Dame is able to go into the state of Michigan and beat Michigan for one of the best players in the state again, which uh, I think we can all say is even adds a little bit more sweetness to this pickup. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. My wife likes to think of herself as a coffee expert. So when we decided to give Trade Coffees a try, she was excited to see what they had to offer. And we were not disappointed. After figuring out a short quiz that matches you with just the right coffee, we received the Holmes blend from Sparrow's Coffee in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The Nostalgia Series blend that she received from Sparrow's Coffee made an immediate impression as soon as she opened the box. And once she brewed the Holmes blend the next morning, she was able to enjoy a rich, smooth cup of coffee with a very robust flavor. My wife is quite picky about her coffees, but you can be sure that she'll once again be buying from Sparrow's Coffee and we'll be going back to Trade Coffee for another shot at getting a tasty blend from a regional company. You have to give Trade's Coffee a try. Trade's Coffee team actually tastes thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every day. There's no one perfect coffee, but there is a perfect coffee for you, and Trade's human-powered algorithm will find it. Trade is so confident they'll match you right the first time that if they don't, They'll take your feedback and an actual coffee expert will work with you to send a brand new bag for free. What we learned is that Trade Coffee send you freshly roasted beans from 60 of the country's best craft roasters. Small businesses who pay farmers fair prices to substantially source the greatest beans from around the world. Trade's Coffee's experts personally taste over 450 roasts so they know exactly what to recommend for you. Just answer a couple of questions and you get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as soon as you like. No gimmicks. Trade delivers a fresh bag of roasted coffee as whole beans or ground for however you brew it at home. And they guarantee you'll love your first order or they'll replace it for free. Trade has delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee. And right now, Trade is offering new subscribers a total of $30 off your first order plus shipping when you go to drinktrade.com forward slash irish. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com forward slash Irish and let trade find you a coffee you'll love. That's drinktrade.com forward slash Irish for $30 off. 
So everybody, let's dive into the Notre Dame blue gold game. So we're going to try to bring up some questions as we have them here during the show. Before we get going, I do it a couple super chats I want to get to. Alex Udell says, Brian, daughter, and I enjoyed meeting you at the tailgate. J.D. Price is legit. Brandon Joseph is a dude. Mayor special and Jelly outplayed Pine today. I have no disagreements. I was actually surprised at how much Michael Mayer played. We were told before the game, and I think I said this at the at the tailgate today, that I was I was told he may only play a series. So I don't I don't know what happened, but uh, he played a lot today, a lot today, and uh, I thought I thought he you know looked good. Should have had more production. One of the things that we'll have to get to here uh, when we talk about the offenses is that it wasn't a lot of production, but. There was opportunities there. Sean Stewart with a super chat says, great to have the weekend off of work and enjoyed watching the Irish. I agree. And I'll tell you what, just kind of big picture. I'd be curious to kind of hear from some of you that have been to blue gold games before and kind of what you all thought in regards to the crowd. I was surprised that, I mean, I there was a lot. I mean, for for Notre Dame spring game, from what I'm used to, and maybe it's just the last two years because of COVID and some other weird stuff, and we didn't have a game in 2020, and last year was strange and all that kind of stuff. This seemed like a pretty big crowd for me. Like the lower bowl was not full, but like, but a lot of people in the lower bowl around the whole stadium. And I mean, we've heard in the 30,000s, it, it seemed maybe that's about right. It seemed about half full to me. I thought it was one of the more impressive spring game crowds. I thought the atmosphere was really good. I mean, the whole Joyce lot was filled, and normally that's not the case. So I thought I thought that it was a really good crowd, really good environment. You know, I obviously didn't have a ton of cool stuff to, to think about and talk about offensively, which is where a lot of the excitement comes from. But, man, there was a lot of good stuff in this game. So let's start off with the Notre Dame offense. Just kind of big picture. First of all, they didn't show much at all. I mean, some of the stuff that I I know that they've been working on the spring, I didn't see any of it. Uh, we didn't see a lot of really intricate pass schemes, things that we know that Tommy Reese likes and know that Tommy Reese has used in the past. So there was a lot of that stuff was kind of was kind of hidden today. They didn't want to, you know, maybe it's one of those, you know, coaches being paranoid and you know, they think other coaches are watching what they're doing and all that kind of stuff, which I've I've never really understood uh, why coaches are like that, you know, like like Ohio State's going to build their game plan around what, you know, what Notre Dame did in the spring just doesn't really work that way, but it is what it is, but they didn't show a whole lot. There were still some things there. You know, I, I really liked how they used the screen game today. They did a lot of different types of spring uh, of screens, you know, with some actions, they ran some jet sweeps. I thought I like that got the offensive lineman running around, moving around, which I also liked. But just from a, a, a pass game standpoint, a lot of lot, not a lot of complexity, which again isn't overly surprising when you consider how coaches are. They still want to show a whole lot. With that said, there were still opportunities there. There were plays that could have been made with better timing at the quarterback position. Uh, there was a, a play where Drew Pine was scrambling and Jaden Thomas should have been free for a long touchdown, but he missed him. Michael Mayer was open a couple times down the field. There were opportunities to make big plays, but it just wasn't there. But offensively outside of one position well, really even just one player in one position I, I was pleased with what I with what I saw thought what I saw today I, I really liked what I saw offensively I thought the compete level was there I just I want to see the group as a whole just play with a little bit more fire there, there's still not a lot of that right and and you know I thought they played hard 
but I want to see a little bit more fire from the offense. That's the only other thing that I would still like to see a little bit more of uh, from this group here moving forward. So I'm gonna I'm gonna begin with the quarterbacks. Um, go to running backs, linemen, and then we'll talk a little bit about some of the skill players outside that we'll discuss a little bit today. Quarterback wise, obviously not a great day from Drew Pine. His numbers, his reported numbers were were good. They had him down for the two teams going twenty two of thirty three, but he only had I think one hundred eighty one hundred and eighty five yards on twenty two completions, which is pretty low on thirty three attempts, which is also really low. And, you know, he had a couple nice throws on the day. There was there was one ball he threw early to Deion Colsey, which I thought was a good ball in the corner out. The Deion's just got to flip his hands to, to have a better chance of making that play. But the thing that the, the thing that concerned me, you know, we talked about the show coming in, in the one of the shows coming in when Vince and I previewed the game, that, you know, we'd heard that Drew wasn't having a great spring. And today is kind of what we have heard. Like we saw what we've heard, which is, you know, rushing his reads or or not getting through his reads correctly, just turning the ball over. Like some, some, I mean, a couple of the plays were good plays, but a couple of those throws were just like really bad throws. I mean, just like, you know, you just kind of wonder, that's not the Drew Pine we're used to seeing, right? And I think that was the concern for me is, you know, the one thing that we've always come to expect from Drew is he's going to make good decisions and he's going to be somewhat accurate with the football. He wasn't there today. He he just there was an unwillingness from Drew during the game to to just let it rip, and and that's that was a little bit uh, for me a little bit concerning, you know, because you you expect him to be a guy that you know he's got to play with the moxie and the in the you know have a little bit of hey I'm gonna make this tough throw, and if he's if he got picked off three times today because he was trying to you know take chances and take shots, I can live with that actually. You know, I say hey look, this is the time to do that. See what you can do. And if it doesn't get there, it doesn't get there. But, you know, he he was throwing interceptions on short stuff and just throwing into coverage and things like that. And it was it was it was puzzling. But then there was times where, you know, I think it was I think it was the first drive of the game with the gold team. You know, Braden Lindsay's coming open on an in cut. And if if Drew just lets it go, he gets there. But he waited too long and it just. It was uh, it was strange. He didn't look confident throwing the football. He didn't look comfortable throwing the football. He just he wasn't processing his reads really well. It just was a really rough day for Drew. And, you know, this was an opportunity for him with with Tyler Buckner out to to really step up and show what he can do, show that he's a gamer and all those type of things that we always say about him, which I believe those things to be true. Uh, But today he just he didn't show it. We just didn't see it from him. And that was that was disappointing to see, uh, you know, just for him. It was disappointing, obviously, for Notre Dame. It, it, it's not a good day. It to me again, spring games are just they're they're just a small part of this whole puzzle, right? So it's there's talk, you know, Angeli could be the number two. Like the only way Steve Angeli is going to be the number two is if he just outplays Drew and fall camp. But you know, this doesn't help when when a kid like him comes off the bench and, and plays the way he did. I thought Steve did some really nice things today. I thought he just showed poise. I mean, he didn't make a ton of downfield throws. He went he went 11 of 17 for 180 yards, which is, you know, good good production. He really only played a half of football. You know, he came in a couple times and handed the ball off and threw like one throw in the second half. And that was that was real first half. I mean, that was really it. But, you know, he had 51 yards on the screen, which is a really nice play. And I think that that play was indicative of what I really liked about about Steve, even more than like the 
the the play at the end of the game because the 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 early screen touchdown. I mean, there's a lot of first teamers on the field on that play. What I liked is he he the the the, the screen took a little bit to kind of get set up. It was a slip screen and it just was going to take a while. And he held on to the ball and he knew he was going to get hit and he got it out there to Jadarian Price. And you saw a great hustle from the line and he was able to take off and, and get the big touchdown. But his just poise today, I, I, I was impressed by. He just, you know, I mean, he made several rookie read mistakes that you expect to see from a freshman in his first semester of college. But I thought he looked comfortable. I thought he looked confident. You know, he threw the ball, you know, relatively accurately, you know, for again, for a first semester kid that doesn't have great ball placement or hasn't shown in the past. But I thought today he showed pretty decent ball placement, which has been a big criticism of mine in the past. I thought he showed some moxie out there, to be honest with you. It was a weird situation, the way he was thrust in and all those type of things. And, you know, I really felt like he went out and and played well, better than I thought he was going to play. And and you got to like that about him. I mean, you got to like that he went out there and just as a freshman just said, hey, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm good. I've been here before. I, I know how to play football. And he went out and did some nice things. So it was really good to see Steve Angeli play well. Now, again, as far as, you know, remember Montgomery Van Gorder outplayed Deshaun Kaiser. So let's pump the brakes on on some of the bigger picture stuff. But I'll say this, if Angeli continues to play like this in the fall and Drew Pine continues to play like this in the fall, then that could be problematic for Notre Dame's depth chart at quarterback. And it also could be an issue, um, you know, when you look at, you know, there being a situation where you've got a a freshman backing up your quarterback. So Drew's really going to have to kind of take a deep breath and and really look at what happened this spring and kind of why he had the struggles that he had and, and all those type of things and, uh, and, and bounce back because this is not, this is not what we're used to seeing from a guy like Drew Pine. Talk about the running backs today. Now, if you look at, if you look at the production, the production wasn't great. Audrick Estime had 59 yards on 12 carries. Chris Tyree had one carry for 10 yards. I thought that was a really good run. Jadarian Price, nine carries for 12 yards. Logan Diggs, four carries for 10 yards. The numbers weren't great, but I thought the backs played well. I thought they ran well. I thought they were, you know, there were some miss again, spring. You're going to have a lot of, I don't want to just keep saying like, yes, there was mistakes because it's the spring. You're going to see that. There's some misreads and things like that, that they needed to, they need to clean up. But I thought they still, overall, I thought they made good decisions. I thought they were quick. They were decisive. I thought Audric Estime was, was the best runner today. And again, it's hard to kind of throw Chris Tyree in there because he had one play and he looked really good as a counterplay, made a great read you know, put his shoulder down and hit the corner to get 10 yards after a, after a sack on first down to get him into a third and third and 10 situation. So, you know, I thought, I thought that it was, it was good to see him with that. And then they just kind of, they didn't play him a whole lot after that. And somebody said something about an ankle, but I saw him jumping around on the sideline. He was fine, but I thought Audrick SMA as far as the runners, I thought he looked the best as a pure runner. I thought he, uh, was decisive. I thought he showed nimbleness. I mean, he's a he's a bull. I he actually was more physical today than he showed really a lot as a senior high school. In the senior high school, he was making guys miss a lot. He was really nimble. Like today, he just looked when he needed to get yards, he got yards. There was a couple times where he just kind of ran forward, and the line wasn't getting a push. But what they were doing that I that I liked was they just kept a body on a body. And, and kept working, and then Audric just kind of 
bowled forward and just kind of pushed the line forward for like a five yard gain. I really like seeing stuff like that. I thought it was good to see that. Um, I thought it was it was a positive to see him just looking comfortable, getting a lot of touches, and 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 he re- really was impressed me today. I thought obviously Jadarian Price didn't make a ton of plays in the run game, as far as production wise. You know, twelve yards on nine carries, longest run of six yards. There wasn't a lot of room for him to work. Uh, what I liked about him, obviously, is he still was able to show big playability today, and that was all. It was in the pass game. You had over 100 yards. He led the team in, in catches with eight, also led the team in receiving yards with 104. Obviously, 51 of that came on a on the touchdown, but he also had another nice long screen play. He's got some bursts and some vision, and he is a really talented player. So I was, I was really pleased with the play of the offensive line, uh, or excuse me, the running backs today. I want to talk about the Notre Dame offensive line, and I'm actually a little surprised at some of the the, the feedback that people are giving, and uh, about they didn't think the line played well, and and I was pleased with what I saw from the offensive line. Again, what we told you coming in is there's going to be mistakes, there's going to be technical mistakes, there's going to be assignment mistakes. That stuff's going to happen. What we cared about was did they battle, and I thought they competed well today. You know, there's still a lot that's got to get cleaned up. It's going to continue to get cleaned up. But I saw an offensive line that played hard. I saw an offensive line that, that did a nice job for them at times playing, you know, getting off blocks. I'm going to talk about this on the defense, but the defense had a really nice production today, really nice play. Uh, somebody says first play was a sack. It, it, you got to understand what you're looking at, okay? First play, they're running a play-action pass. Nobody's blocking that guy, and if anyone was supposed to block him, it was going to be Kevin Bauman who was coming around. He's supposed to seal the edge. He just went out in the middle of space and did nothing. Okay, so if you're going to put that on the offensive line, you don't know what the protection is and you don't know what you're looking at. Okay, so again, the offensive line was not great today. I thought they competed. I thought they played hard. Uh, I thought that they battled against an off defensive line that I thought played really well uh, in this game, a defensive system that was really geared towards filling all the gaps and saying we're not going to let you throw the ball downfield. Uh, I thought there was some nice movement plays today. You had Chris Tyree's 10-yard gain. Uh, you had a, a nice kick out by a walk-on guard. Uh, you had really good push the line. Joe Alt did a great job getting to the second level, getting to the linebacker, Junior Chilamak, and open up Chris Tyree's run. So there's some good things we saw today. What you what you saw today is what you should want to see in a spring game. And what you saw today is, is a, an offensive line that had their good moments and a defensive line that had their good moments. You saw Notre Dame bringing a lot of edge pressures off of away from runs. Well, when you see a team for 14 practices, you're going to have a good feel for when that stuff is coming. So, And when you're playing an offense, it's pretty vanilla. They're not going to have a lot of answers to that. Uh, so, you know, again, I will, Vince and I said is we want to see them competing. We want to see them battle and, and playing hard. And I thought they did that today. I thought there were some guys who were up and down. I thought Tosh Baker, I thought, actually looked good early. Then he kind of struggled late, got smoked by Josh Burnham on a play. So he was a little bit up and down. I thought Joe Alt played relatively well. Uh, Andrew Christophic was a little up and down. I really liked what I saw from, from Zeke Carell, not just on that long screen. I love the hustle for, that he showed on that touchdown pass to Jadarian Price. He's just flying downfield, hit a DB. Uh, Houston Griffith was coming up, and he saw Zeke Carell coming at him and made a business decision to kind of back off, which I didn't love. We'll get into that later, but – I really liked what I saw from him. I thought Rocco Spindler competed. He's just got to improve his footwork. His footwork gets him in trouble a lot, but he battled. He played hard. I thought Blake Fisher was was solid. You know, nobody was great, but I thought they competed. And for me, that's really the big thing 
that I wanted to see uh, come out of this game. So, you know, solid, solid performance from the line and a continued, continued work in progress is really the thing that we need to see. So uh, uh, real quick, Vince, uh, if there's things that you want to pull up that as we're kind of talking about this, if people have questions about the units that I'm discussing, you, you can bring some of those up to uh, during this show as well. And, uh, and, and we'll address those as we, as we go. So uh, Richard Maltby says, uh, with a super chat, thank you, Richard. Drew Pine's arm strength and accuracy left a lot to be desired. Estimate and Price showed amazing ability, and Grit, Maris, and Joseph are going to be a problem. Yes, we're going to talk about those two guys here in a little bit. I got to tell you, I, that's the arm strength thing from Drew was was a, was something that I noticed today, and it wasn't that it wasn't that it was it's not an arm strength thing. And and Richard, I, I know what you saw. Let me try and put a better explanation to what you saw. What you saw was accurate. Your comment is accurate because he was not throwing the ball. It didn't look like – if you'd never seen Drew Pine play, you'd be like, that guy doesn't have a very good arm at all. What it was is his – he was not stepping to throws. He was skittish. He wasn't letting it rip. Like the ball – like usually, you know, and Vince will attest to this. Usually when Drew throws, even times when practice, we'll see him throw an interception. It's a tight spiral. It's a beautiful you know thing. And today it was like it was like wobbly. The ball wasn't coming out well. There was something like he just was out of sync big time. And the result was the ball just wasn't coming out of his hand well at all. And that was a problem. So I I, I think that you're correct in that the ball didn't it didn't look like he had arm strength, but it's not an arm strength thing. It was really how he was going through. He was rushing a lot of his mechanics, rushing a lot of his of his footwork and those type of things. And, and I think that was the bigger issue for me when, when talking about Drew's performance. So we talked about the offensive line. I thought Mitchell Evans had a couple nice blocks today as well. I thought he performed well. Uh, Ed asks, uh, he says, the question is, did the offensive line look more technically sound and better than last year? Oh, my gosh, yes. Like if you compare the offensive line today to where it was last year, it was like night and day better than it was today, fundamentally and physically. And I think that's a very important thing. So I have no – and I think some of it's expectations, and, and we've talked about how well the line has played from what we heard in the last spring. But we also said – and if you're on the message board, you definitely know this. I don't know if we said this in the show, to be completely honest with you. The defense had kind of finished the spring off on a better note. Uh, but, you know, I thought that the offensive line showed me what I wanted to see. Better technique than we saw a year ago. They're coming along. They're still a work in progress. They battled. They competed. And, and keep in mind, we didn't see the starting offensive line playing together in, with, in, in any stretch. So that's something I have to keep in mind as well. But I saw some good things from that. And sometimes you got to be able to tip your cap and say, that was a hell of a heck of a play by Ronnie Mills on that one. Not the sack. I'm talking about some of the tackles for loss from earlier in the game too. So I, I thought that the line performed well. I want to talk about the wide receivers next. There's some things I like today. You know, there's there's a, they're a work in progress technically, but we saw improvement. I think that's the first thing I was looking for. There was a play, and it was from Deion Colsey, and I want to use him as an example because he's a younger guy. But there was a play where uh, he came off, and the corner was kind of playing him outside, and so Deion gave a hard jab inside and then beat him inside and then kind of widened back out. And I saw – other plays like that from guys where you say, okay, they're being taught that. And then there's other times that, you know, Braden Lindsay would allow himself to get ridden out. There's another play where Dion, uh, the, pass, the pass he caught in the end zone where he's out of bounds, you know, the guy was playing him inside and Dion didn't really sell the inside move. He just kind of 
gave a little jab and then kind of went, you know, those are the things that have to be improved, but you could tell that they were thinking about it. They were thinking about making moves and, and doing different things. I thought the, the cuts were good. I thought they were getting open, like not wide open, but they were getting open to where the quarterback's got to be able to make some of those throws. You know, I thought Braden Lindsay didn't have great production today. You look at his numbers, two catches for 33 yards. But I saw some things I really liked from him. He had a nice run, 11-yard run early where he puts a shoulder down and runs over a guy. He was open twice on in cuts that I can remember. Actually, three times. One of them was the one he kind of dropped. I want to see him catch that. He kind of saw two Alamaka coming at him. But Drew threw that too far out in front in the high. He's got to see that guy coming too and know that Braden can't keep going. But Braden's still got to catch that. So that's one of those ones where if I'm the receivers coach, I'm getting on my guy. If I'm the quarterback, I'm getting on my guy. They both got to perform better there, but I thought Braden did some good things. There was, that was the third time that he was open on an end cut. So it's good to see him doing some of those things. They did nothing today to stretch the field, almost nothing. And and so, but I, I liked less often Braden. His blocking was solid. There was a couple times he blocked really well. A couple times he lost a guy late, but he competed in the in the run game, which I liked. I'm going to talk about Jaden Thomas last. I'm going to talk about Deion Colsey next. You know, Dion did some nice things today. I, I you know, the, the the catch in the end zone was a, a promising play because he showed the body control that we won. He went up and made a play on the ball against Philip Riley. Uh, good focus and concentration, better than what he showed like earlier in the game on a drop. He had another really nice catch. You know, finished the game with, with two catches for eight yards, but showed me some things. But then there's other times where it's just like, you know, you got to, you got to make, there was, a, oh, there's another play too where it was an incomplete pass that Jaden Mickey almost intercepted where uh, it was a, it was clear, it was, it was a hitch. It was, it looked like it was going to be a hitch or a quick out, right? And I couldn't tell which one because Dion converted it. But basically, the rule is the corner was off. And the rule is if the corner bails, Dion will run the shorter out, whether it's a hitch or whether it's an outcut. But in that same concept, if the corner comes up or he's playing press, you convert that to a go route. So what happened was on that particular play is the corner kind of flat-footed. Well, if he's flat-footing, he you're taught you teach a receiver run by him, and if Drew reads that correctly, they're banging it over the top to Dion for a big for a big play, maybe a touchdown. It's been like they were at like the 30, 40 yard line, so it would have been I think it would have been a big play. Safety wasn't coming, wasn't getting over on that one at all. If, if Drew puts it in the hole, it could have been a big play. And so there was, there was again, that's a play where it's like, okay, that's a good play there, but the quarterback's got to make the read. There was a lot of that from the receivers today, which I was encouraged by. But there was other times with, with Dion where it's like, okay, you got to give me more there. When the corner's playing you inside, he's trying to prevent you from going inside. So you got to threaten him inside because if you just kind of jab and then go, you play right in his hands, he's just going to open and run with you. And that's what happened on that play where Dion caught, really made a nice catch, but he was out of bounds. He's got to really stab that inside foot, like lean out and really stab that inside foot, get that guy to pause, and then then you can get by him because if if you're able to get Philip Riley in that position to freeze, even for a split half second, what that allows Dion to do is get a step on him, and then Dion can close him off. We call that stacking, right? So if this is the corner and this is Dion, right? If Dion can get him to freezing at vertical, he can then get on top of him, like we call stacking. And then now he's off the sideline and he's given the quarterback a window to throw to. But what happened is, is he kind of did a half-hearted stab and then he went vertical and that allowed Philip Riley to get out to him and ride him out of bounds. So even though Dion was able to make a play, he wasn't at the place he needed to be to be able to be in bounds. And so it wasn't a great throw, but there was nothing Ron Paulus could, could do on that 
uh, in my opinion, that was that was a receiver mistake, not a quarterback mistake. So again, you like what you see from Dion on the play in some areas, but then you got to say, but we got to do this better so you can make a play. And there's just other times where Dion just he just um, I'm just I just need to see him play with a little bit more fire, you know. And I think sometimes it's it's whether it's uncertainty or whatever the case may be. I just not not fire. A greater sense of urgency is a better way of saying it because fire makes it seem like he's not playing hard or doesn't want it, and that's not what I'm talking about. It's just sometimes a greater sense of urgency, like, hey, you got to get here correctly, but you got to get there quickly. And De- and Dion doesn't always show that. Just like like I said, it's like there's there's a little, it's like there's an uncertainty there, and so I need to see that be improved from him. Uh, but he showed me some things today. I really liked what I saw from him today. You guys saw today too what Vince was talking about with Connor Radigan. The kids a kid, kids a quality football player. Like I said, if I was at a one AA school, I would have recruited the heck out of him coming out of high school. Kid's a good football player, gives him good depth. Uh, last guy I want to talk about is is um, Jaden Thomas. Hadn't really heard a ton about Jaden this spring. You know, just hadn't heard much about him. Wanted to see what we could see from him because, you know, we had heard a lot of hype about him like late in 2021, how great he looked in the spring practice or in the, the bowl prep. And then he never played. And then we get out in the spring and a few times we were there, just didn't see a lot from Jaden. Today is kind of what people have told me what they like from him. We saw that today. He's not a super twitchy, like explosive run- receiver, but he's a big bodied kid, but he's really smooth. And if you go back and read my film breakdowns of him when he when he was a junior and first committed, you know, we talked about how he can make plays after the catch. Bob's an idiot said and got to meet Bob's an idiot today, which was really awesome. So it was great meeting you uh, and, and your wife today. But so Jaden Thomas impressed me today. And, and same here. And he's a really smooth athlete. You know, the, the, the play he made on Ramon Henderson in space was was excellent. He made Ramon look terrible. Was, Ramon had a rough day today. But part of that was on Jaden. I mean, he kind of froze him, jabbed him inside, got him to lock, and then just beat him outside. He should have had a long touchdown today. There was a play where Drew took off to his left and he threw it to Jaden, but and Jaden went up or Jaden went up for it and it got broken up. He was like five, six yards behind the corner. And Caleb Collins with a super chat. Jaden is so smooth and fluid, uh, fluid and smooth. He absolutely is. But Jaden was behind the defense. If Drew just launches it downfield, Jaden runs under and it's a touchdown. It was a great. It was a great, like, you know, uh, uh, scramble drill where he was up and then he he went vertical and he was open. There was a couple other plays where he worked across the middle of the field and got open. I thought he did a nice job. His releases were solid. You know, there's still a lot of technical work he needs, like most young guys. But he he has a good feel for the game. His feet are really nice. And, and he did some things. I mean, he was making plays after the catch. There was a time he caught a screen, made a guy miss, got vertical. Really, really liked us all from him. Pierre says uh, Jaden reminded him of Michael Floyd. I don't, I, I don't see that fully, but I, I can see where you, where, where there are some things you could, you could say body tight, you know, bigger, thicker kid, you know, a little bit more athletic than maybe people think, because he doesn't look like he's got a real athletic body. He kind of looks a little thick, you know what I mean? But he's a really smooth athlete and showed good ball skills. You know, catches the ball real confidently away from his body. One of the screens. I think it was they were running. It was like, kind of like a quick tunnel screen. The ball wasn't thrown to one. He just reached up and snatched the thing out of the air, uh, and and I thought was really really impressive. And just the confidence as a pass catcher. So that was a really good development today. Was seeing finally getting to see Jaden Thomas 
show something because we'd never really seen him. I mean, he didn't really play last year. He didn't do a ton in the plays that that we saw today, and and it was really good to see Jaden Thomas make plays. So you you know you look you know what Lorenzo Styles can do. I saw some really good things from from Braden Lindsey today. We know what Joe Wilkins can do. We know what Avery Davis can do. You get you get to, to, between Dion if Dion and Jaden can both just kind of help you. Start feeling good about things, and we haven't even talked about Tobias Merriweather. So I actually really liked what I saw from the receivers today. I, I really did because, like, again, being so, I was up in one of the the suite areas, and so I'm 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 kind of in the near top of same. Like, there's like nine, I think like nine floors. I'm on floor eight, so I was able to kind of see down, and I was right at midfield, and so I was able to watch a lot of what was going on, and and I focused mostly on the 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 skill players and you could see things coming open. You know, there's times where, you know, Drew's reading to the right and, and you see guys coming open to the left. There was a play, for example, where I believe Brayden Lindsay was running a, a bit of a, a deeper slant, you know, maybe even a, a quick post and Michael Mayer was running a slide route in the corner. The linebacker ran out in the flats with Mayer, the corner, I believe it was Jade Mickey might've been Ryan Barnes comes right down on the slide route. So they had two guys running the slide route to Michael Mayer, and Braden Lindsey's coming open behind him. If the quarterback reads that play out, he bangs that slant route to Braden Lindsey, and he's gone. It's a touchdown. So the quarterback, I mean, but Drew was just locked in on Michael Mayer, and that happened several times today. And, and so to me, when I see that, it's like, look, y'all y'all didn't get to see some of those things. early. I don't know. if like I haven't watched all the broadcast yet to go back and rewatch it yet. So I don't know if you guys got a chance to see that, but there was a lot of that today that I liked that made me feel really good about where the offense offense was, where it was like, hey, look, there were some good things there today that that I like. There are some things that I think are going to allow this, this, this offense to really be good, even though they were kind of generic today. But the receivers, some, some good things. Chris Ayers asked, are the receivers using their hands better at the line of scrimmage? They were never very good at that under Dell. They were better, but they didn't get pressed a ton. But from what I saw at the game, and I'm going to go back and rewatch it later, but what I saw at the game, I thought they did a, a nice job. There was improvement, right? Uh, there was there's definitely more improvement uh, from that. Uh, Vince, yeah, let's do that. Let's pull up the offensive questions before we move on to defense, but I'll finish this thing about the receivers. Uh, but so so same with the offensive line guys like we as we said earlier in the week like we're not going to see them like a fully finished product yet what we want to do is we want to see progress i think vince was this is definitely one of the things that vince had talked about as being one of his keys is he wants to see the receivers really start to play better fundamental football i thought i saw that now again i'm going to go back and watch the film but watching it they were coming open lot there was opportunities when and when i mean open i mean like a couple steps like you don't want guys screaming wide open and that would say a lot more about the defense but Better decisions and, and better reads by the quarterbacks today would have resulted in much better production from the receivers. And, and like I said, I really liked what I saw from them today. There's no doubt about it. So let's get to some of these offensive questions, Vince. Kamikaze fullback says, do you think the Villanova offense is more about emphasizing fundamentals technique over scheme? I think it was just about coaches' paranoia. I think that's what it is. I, I just – for whatever reason, coaches just don't want to show anything, and I think it was it's probably more about that. I think it was it was two things in my opinion, right? Again, this is my opinion. Number one, I think it was it was in this probably reverse order of importance. Number one is just not want to show anything, and number two, I don't know if it was so much an emphasis on fundamentals and technique 
as much as we want to establish some toughness. We want to establish the line of scrimmage, you know, so we're going to come out here and we're going to try to we're going to try to compete and play hard and do some things like that. So I think it was a combination of those two things. Because you look, you can you can be focused on fundamentals and technique and still and still not have a vanilla scheme. Those two things don't have to go hand in hand. I think it was just about again not wanting to show a whole lot. And I was told this early in the week. I got a text from a friend. He's like, "Hey, don't don't. They're not going to show you a whole lot." I was actually surprised by how much I saw from the defense. Uh, but they're not going to show a whole lot, you know, because they don't want they don't want to give Ohio State any clues as to what they're doing. And and they didn't. But I don't think it was because of fundamental technique because i don't think that has to be uh compromised just because you're running more plays but i think it's more about you know hey let's go out there and be physical let's play hard and you know i think i think they accomplish that to a degree can it get better yeah it needs to get better but for april um, I, I liked what i saw in that regard there's no question there's another cool play like they ran a play where they ran a reverse to chase ketter the option quarterback and he had drew pine open he's got to throw it so they did. They had some fun today as well. So we'll get on to the next one. Dexter Domer's find a legit backup, or do you need to upgrade? Uh, look, I know this is always going to happen, and, and no matter how much we try to say don't. Remember in 2014 or the 2015 spring? Remember when Montgomery Van Gorder outplayed Deshaun Kaiser, and everybody said Deshaun Kaiser stinks, right? Guys, it's a spring game. Right. We've seen Drew Pine show in actual real games that he can be a guy that can come off the bench around the football team. And he's shown that. And I'm not ready to just dismiss that because he played like bad today. Right. And even that he had bad all spring. Having said that, if Drew doesn't get this thing turned around, then I'm going to be concerned. But as of right now, April 23rd, I'm not concerned about Drew Pine. I mean, he's going to he's going to bounce back. He's going to be OK. He had a bad spring. It happens. Deshaun Kaiser had a bad spring before he led Notre Dame to a top 10 finish in 2015. It happens. I need to see how he bounces back in the summer and fall. If this stuff continues, that's going to be a problem. But I, I'm not ready to hit the panic button yet on Drew Pine because, again, we're not and we're not basing this off recruiting rankings or anything like that. We're just we're just talking about what we saw from the spring or from the fall last year, right? We saw him go come off the bench against Wisconsin and make plays. We saw him come off the bench against Cincinnati and make plays. So I think he'll be okay, right? I think he'll be okay. I'm not quite worried about that just yet. Bobby, yes, how, is, how has Buckner performed this spring? Was it clear to everyone that he's the number one guy from practice? Yeah, Bobby, we've talked about this in previous shows, and we definitely had this on the message board. Every time I ever talk to anyone, like a week into practice, halfway through practice, towards the end of practice, I mean, last time I talked to somebody was this past weekend before he got hurt, and everybody said the same thing. He was clearly the number one quarterback, and he had he had outplayed Drew, and, and we've kind of – like today wasn't an anomaly from Drew, and that's the thing we talked about last week, and that's that's a bigger concern for me than what he did in the spring game is that it's that that was something that we had seen a lot of from him. So he's got to really bounce back. But everything we've heard about Tyler was he's he's been good. You know, he's redshirt freshman mistake, so – have some good days and some bad days, but you know, I, I I know two people for a fact who I really respect, who weren't really on the Tyler Buckner bandwagon. That have kind of by the end of spring were like, hey, you know what? Like I feel a lot better about him. One guy was like, I'm cautiously optimistic. Another guy was like, yeah, he's the real deal. Like he's going to be a good player. So uh, I, I think I think that Drew had a chance today to kind of you know make a statement and close that gap. 
he didn't take advantage. So it's going to be really hard for him, in my opinion, for it to be a, a really much of a competition in the fall. And, and we didn't expect it to be much of a competition anyway. If Tyler played his game, he's going to be the starting quarterback. And he played well this spring from what we've been told. And there's, But there's still a lot of room for improvement and development uh, for him. Paul Keene, is the offense something we should worry about, or is the defense just that good? Look, Paul, like I said, for a lot of the show, there's a lot that I liked about the offense today. And there was one position that held them back. I mean, if, if you got better quarterback play, they score a lot more today. And in Drew's defense, let's not also forget, he would kind of lead them on a drive and then have to sprint right after the drive, whether he threw a pick or a punt or whatever, he'd have to sprint over to the coaches, work with a brand new group of 10 guys, and go right back out there. That's not normal. And, and so I, and I don't want to put too much on that in regards to the offense, but I liked what I saw from the offense today. Again, running the vanilla offense. I thought the line played hard. The backs looked good. They saw saw some good things from the receivers. Mayer was getting open plenty of times. And you didn't have Avery Davis. You didn't have Joe Wilkins. Chris Tyree carried the ball one time. And your starting quarterback wasn't there. So I liked what I saw from the offense today. I'm, I'm pleased with the offense. And the defense played really well. Both sides had some good moments in this game. And, and offense and defense, and ultimately that's where you want it to be. Uh, Nicholas says, did Spindler look better? Nicholas, I haven't had a chance to watch a ton of Rocco. So, like, I watched the line kind of as a whole, you know, in the game. I didn't get to zero in on specific guys a ton. You know, I saw some guys flashed. You know, Zeke flashed a little bit for me. Blake had some snaps. I thought Joe Ald had some snaps. I didn't notice Rocco being bad. I just, a few times I looked at him, like you get to see his feet just kind of getting into getting in some trouble, but I thought he competed and I thought he played hard. And so, you know, I, I, from what I saw, I liked what I saw from him. He, it, somebody just put in there, he had a sweet tackle. Yeah. He hustled downfield and made one of the tackles on one of the interceptions, which I thought was a really, really good play. So I, I'll go back and watch the film and, and see more. And Michael says, is Chris Tyree? Okay. I believe so. I mean, he was listed as Vince Vince will attest to this. Actually, he can't because he's not on video. But he was they t- went on the draft on the draft on thir- the draft was what thir- uh, Wednesday at the Wednesday draft they said they announced then that he was questionable. wasn't even sure he was going to play. So you know somebody had said they saw him limping. I didn't see him limping uh, there. But I mean there was like later in the game when Mickey almost picked the pass off. Chris is jumping up and down like oh he should have had that. He was fine and. Uh, he was okay. Logan Diggs was a guy I didn't talk about. He just, to me, he danced a little bit too much. I don't know what happened to him. He left in the third quarter, I think, but he basically was stiff arming somebody. I think his shoulder just popped out a little bit. And then uh, Joe Sergi says, any major injuries? I don't know what happened to Logan Diggs. Uh, you know, he looked like he was definitely favoring his shoulder. So I'm not sure what happened to him. But other than that, there weren't any major injuries. I know that. Uh, uh, Chance Tucker went down, but the way they were working on him, it looked like he just was cramping up really bad because he was running and he just <laughs> went down. And so that is either torn ACL, Achilles, or a cramp. Uh, they didn't do any of the things you do for a knee. They never looked at his knee. They never did anything like that. And they started bending his foot back. You don't do that if a kid has torn his Achilles. You do that. You have him extend his leg and put his foot back if he's cramping up really bad. And you could just kind of see the way – uh, that he was walking off the field, that uh, <laughs> he was cramping, and I and I think that was more of the issue. But uh, that there wasn't anything anything major structurally wrong that I could see from him. 
rough day for my guy, Lane Roy. Thank you for the super chat. <laughs> you spent a grand and then still gave us a, a super chat, which I, I greatly appreciate that. I bought tickets for the game, got a flat tire on the way up, ended up dropping a grand on new tires. That is a major bummer. And didn't get to the game. Tough day. Yeah, that is a really, really tough day. Really, really tough day. John the Falcon said, I'm a big proponent of Tommy Reese, but Drew hesitating to let it rip is shades of Ian Book. I like his support to coach, but it, I mean, at some point, is it fair to question the coach? No, not in the spring game. I'm, I'm sorry. No, no, uh, no, not in the spring game. Come on. Let's 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 move on from that. A couple more questions. We're going to get to the defense. Uh, Nolan Sanchez, so who's going to get the carries predominantly? We have four guys battling. I think all, they're all going to play. I mean, guys, I, I'm not going to have a clue who's going to be the leading ball carrier based on the spring game. And we said that last week. You're not going to have battles being determined by the spring game. We got asked this the other day. Who's going to get the predominant carries? No clue. They got 25 practices still left to battle it out. I don't think the coaches know right now. The reality is they're all going to play, and I think they showed today that they all need to play. Uh, the bug on Estime's windshield. What a great, great name with the Super Chat. Thank you for the Super Chat. My guy Estime is just different, going to have a monster year. He's a good football player. I mean, all these kids are good football players. That's the thing about it is it's, I feel like everybody's got to like pick sides all the time. Like they're all, they're all on the same team. They're all really good football players. They're all going to play. Somebody's going to – I'll make this prediction. Uh, this is one of my predictions. The four running backs that they have on the roster right now, Tyree, the estimate Diggs, and Price. In at least one game next year, each of them will lead lead the running, will lead the team in rushing for backs. Maybe Tyler Buckner gets more yards, but all of them will have one game where they had the most yards of the backs. That's my prediction. They're all gonna play. We don't need to get on, we don't need to be on team Logan or Team Tyree or Team Aldrick or Team Price. They're all on the same football team, they're all good football players. And they're all going to play and help the team win. Patrick Fitzgerald with a super chat. Thanks for all the great reporting, Brian. You are welcome. Just curious if it is possible to put a numerical form, the amount of plays Tom Reese has at his disposable disposal, uh, or a general idea of the offensive playbook. Well, the reality is, is that it, it the playbook, you're never going to take the whole playbook into a game. That's just not, that's not really how it works. And <sighs> You know, I, I don't really know. I would imagine there's probably, I don't know, 15, 20 runs that they have. I'd probably say, you know, north of 25, 30 pass concepts, and that's just base concepts. There's always, like, multiple wrinkles out of all those pass concepts. You're probably going to get close to – you're probably going to get close to – I mean, a hundred different type of route combinations that you can run. But the thing is, you don't carry all those into a game. Like, you don't take all your whole offense into a game. You, you just, you know, you, you just, it's just kind of not how, it's just not how it works, to be honest with you. But it, it's a pretty extensive playbook. I mean, it's a pro-style playbook. It's, it's pretty extensive. They just don't, uh, they're just not, I mean, the way it works, Patrick, is so like, you know, like, let's say you have 15 different run concepts. And again, that's like, you know, different ways to run the same play. It's not like 15 unique plays. You may say, okay, this week against this team, we're really going to carry like five of them. We're going to carry inside zone, outside zone, counter, uh, buck sweep, and, and you know, one other concept. Well, then from that, so you also have like, okay, power read. Let's say that's the fifth one. So from that, you're going to ca- your counter, you're going to have uh, guard tackle counters, one concept. 
Another concept is a guard tight end counter. That's technically two plays, but it's the same concept, right? But one week you may say, hey, look, this week, the way that they come off the edge, we really need our guard or our tackle kind of being the guy that blocks out so we can we can have our center block back, our tackle block out, and the guard can kick, you know, can can pull and kick, and the tight end can be the guy that wraps. That's what they did on the play, the early play to Chris Tyree. And then there's two or three different ways that you can run your counter out of that. You can run it with your quarterback. You know, you can do all types of different things, but you may only carry two ways that you like in this particular game, right? You say, look, we've got inside zone, we've got read zone, uh, we've got you know a couple, of, you know, we tag RPOs on it. Well, this week we're 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 not going to run the read zone because the way that they play the backside, boy, they do a great job of playing the read zone. And so this week, in order to get our quarterback carries, we're going to carry power read more. And when we run inside zone, we're just going to run pure inside zone with RPOs, right? So we're going to you know put a tight end backside. So the reason that matters is is if you're going to run pure inside zone without the the read, you've got to find a way to account for that backside player. Because in a read zone, the quarterback accounts for that backside player. So if he comes down, the quarterback pulls and run. If he stays back, the quarterback hands it off. Well, if you're not running a read, then then you've got to figure out you put a tight end backside. You can have a tight end be frontside and kind of come backside. There's all types of different things you can do. And in particular teams, hey, this is what we like better in this particular matchup. So we're going to carry the inside zone, not so much the read zone. We're going to get Buckner the ball with the power read and quarterback counter and then scrambles because the way that they play the quarterback. And so it, it just varies week to week. So you don't ever take the full playbook into a game. You're just, it's not going to be the case, but they'll take it. They'll take a decent amount. That's a really, really good question, Patrick. Really good question. And then we had a quick recruiting question from Stephen Goodson. Any commits likely soon? Yeah, we expect, we expect another commit this weekend. I'm not sure quite when it's going to be. We have, don't know when it's going to be but we are expecting at least one more commitment uh, this weekend. So let, let me get a quick drink and then I'm going to, we're going to move on over to the defense. Here we go. Terry Tyler though, real quick. Hey guys, I proposed today. My man, congratulations. I didn't know that that was happening. So Terry Tyler, appreciate, appreciate you letting us know, man. That's, that's great. Congratulations. Um, here's the important question though, man, you left out a very important detail. Uh, did she say yes? That's kind of an important thing. So hopefully, uh, hopefully the answer was yes. Let's talk about the Notre Dame defense, everybody. First thing that I that I like today is is I really liked how this group prepared. Uh, I they were so much more sound than we saw last year. And again, a lot of that has to do with a lot of guys that got a lot of playing time last year that are ready to go. Okay, we saw a defensive game plan. They were flying to the ball, which is something that Marcus Freeman believes in, and that's something that he wanted from Al Golden. Al Golden is a big believer in that. Flew to the football. Their gap assignment integrity today was excellent, and that's part of the reason the run game was so was would had some issues. They had really really good gap integrity today, and it was from all three levels, and and they did it differently every time. You know, they would twist, they would stunt, they'd have the linebackers crashing, they'd have the safeties coming down. That a they were I saw more than I thought, and from talking to a couple of people after the game, they're like, dude, that's I'm close to what they were throwing at the offensive spring. And so it really liked it. They did a great job against the run, great gap integrity. I thought the sa- some of the safeties did a really nice job coming down in support. We'll get into those as well. I thought they took really good angles of the football. They flew around. They were fast. The tackling was way better than it was at this time a year ago, and especially last fall. 
really liked what I saw. And, you know, the thing I like, too, is because we'd heard about how aggressive Al Golden is. And, uh, and, and Vince, I don't know. Vince is kind of – he's MCing, so I can kind of see him. Y'all can't see him. I, I don't know if you saw thought this, too, but I was a little nervous when I heard some of the conversation about how, you know, the blitzes, and we're seeing a lot of blitzes from the defense. I'm like, what's that going to look like? Because I'm, I'm not a lover of blitzing. And to me, a blitz is, is where I'm bringing more than the offense has. That's how I define a blitz. So that means at least at least six guys is a blitz to me. So I was a little concerned about that. But what we saw today, and and I've kind of had people say, like, that's more of what that they uh, um, uh, they saw. But what I saw today was a lot of five-man um, five man pressures. And they would bring that fifth guy from all over. Like, we saw the Rovers coming. I we saw Batelho coming off the edge. We saw Jack Kaiser coming off the edge. We saw Brandon Joseph just timing up his – just coming down, creep, 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 and then just explode off the edge. We saw the Mikes coming on run stunts. We saw the Wills coming on run stunts. Like, there was a lot of different stuff, and it was really quick pressure. So it was mostly like, from what I could tell, five-man pressures, which, again, I like because those are more run blitzes than they are pass blitzes, which that's more my style. Now, again, you got to be careful with the RPOs and things like that, but – um, definitely, definitely, uh, something that I, that I saw that, um, uh, that was really good to see today from the defense. So really liked what I saw from Al gold, mostly some zone mixed with man, saw a lot of different wrinkles and those type of things. So overall, I, I thought the defense played really well, which is partly why the offense didn't put up big numbers. And, and so I think that's the thing you got to understand is when you're having a scrimmage against each other. If one side of the ball, ball has a great game, then the other side can't also have a great game. So I thought the offense battled. I thought the defense played. The defense showed a lot more than the offense too. You got to keep that in mind as well. But I really liked what I saw from both of those both of those sides of the ball. No, no, no doubt about it. I was really pleased with what we saw from Al Golden. This is our first glimpse of seeing Al Golden, and I was like, okay, what are we going to see? And discipline, toughness, physicality. I mean, they were hitting. Like, remember what we said? Like Vince and I both talked about this like during like the spring where in the end of last season where we just didn't feel like Notre Dame was a real physical team last year. And they just, they weren't like just smacking people. And today we saw a lot of hitting going on linebackers, D linemen, Ryan Barnes, a corner and like three, like borderline targeting. And I think they were cheap shots, but it was just really aggressive play. So I was really pleased to see that a much more physical, physical football team. Um, Caleb Collins says the D will be the reason we beat Ohio State. I, I, it'll be a part of the reason. Uh, it won't be the reason. It'll be part of it. I did want to pull this up here real quick before we move on to specific players. Terry Tyler said she said if you announced it, she would. She said she was joking, but, yes, we are good. Thank you, bro. Love you guys. We So, yes, Terry Tyler has proposed, and because we have not talked about it, she is going to say yes. So we are also matchmakers, everybody. We do it all at Irish Breakdown. But, no, seriously, Terry – uh, congratulations to you and your future bride. We're very, very, very happy for you. Uh, I saw somebody said uh, somebody had some some uh, some interesting comments. I've been married 14 years, and I, it was the best decision I ever made in my life. And I hope that this one is for you as well. Uh, very, very much, man. But uh, we're all happy for you. They're, they're all happy for you. Vince. Another question we got from Brian Crawl Daddy. Uh, you got to let me know, man. Did uh, did did you guys win today? And he said no. They did not win today. So he does not. He looks grumpy. He looks very grumpy. So no, they they did not win today. Vince has got a very young team. 
So uh, they're going to have some of these ups and downs. There's no question about it. So let's get into this, some of these position groups here. I think first we got to start with the defensive line, and and I got to say I was I was really hoping that Riley Mills was going to have a big game today, and then he did not disappoint me. First play of the game, it's not like a sack sack, but his he had great awareness. So I mean, so there, there's nobody blocking him. He they're trying to run a bootleg away. He reads the quarterback's boot. He knows he's the contain player, so he didn't chase down because he's the contain player. Sees the quarterback and close him close him on it quickly. Block destruction was really good. He was powerful at the point of attack. I mean, he was quick off the ball. He looks so much better as a defensive defensive end as he does an interior player. So, so much better. He is a really good football player on the edge. I, I don't know what it is, but he just looks more comfortable on the edge. And, and so, to me, I thought that was a really positive, really positive sign from today. And, and, and you know, I think when I, when I look at – you know, when I when I look at Riley Mills, if he can play like he did today on a consistent basis, this defensive line is going to be sick, really sick. Because you've got – you know what Foskey can do. You know what both of the Adam Yolas can do. And then if you get Mills – because, you know, he can still play inside, especially on some third down stuff, you know, where you get Jason outside and Isaiah outside and then Riley and, and – or Justin and Isaiah outside, Riley and Jason inside. That's a really talented group. I thought Riley Mills looked really good today. Very productive. Three tackles for loss in the game. The tackle for loss to start the third quarter was just ridiculous. I mean, just excellent, you know, just gap integrity, staying outside, block destruction, closing on the football. I thought he looked great. And he moves very well for a 285, 290-pound kid. Like, he's a really good athlete. So, And he, play, he was playing a lot of attitude today, too. Like, I don't know if you guys were able to see. I don't know if they showed it on TV or not. When he'd make plays and kind of like do this little dance. I, I know some people don't like that stuff. I do because it was natural. It was like it was just he was just emotional, fired up. I thought it was great. I loved what I saw from him. And there's been a lot of people that have kind of concerned about, you know, Howard Cross and his size, and, and we are as well. But, you know, you saw today why the staff loves him. He's super quick off the ball. Even though he's undersized, he's got great hands and great block destruction ability. He was very active today. Jacob Lacey looked filled out. He looked thicker. He looked bigger. I thought he did a really nice job today getting off the ball, uh, making plays on the ball. I really liked what I saw from Jacob Lacey today. Uh, I didn't watch. I saw a little bit of him during the game, but then I had to go back and watch him more, so I kind of keyed on him more, and I thought he played well. At times, he'll stop his feet, but overall, I thought he played well. Colonel Clink's monocle, my dude, says thoughts on Gabriel Ruby on Jason Onye. I was getting there. I was getting there, Vince. Calm down. I got it. But uh, but uh, I thought I thought Gabriel Rubio did some nice things today. I, I did. I thought he played hard. Gabriel's thing is sometimes he just he stops his feet when he hits when he makes contact, but he anchored really well. When he did move his feet, he did a nice job. He had he had he had some really good snaps with block destruction. Some other snaps was like, you know, hey, you got to get off of that. But you know, I, I thought he he did some really nice things. I thought he battled. I thought he showed me like this is a kid that can give you at the very least, this is a kid that can give you 10 to 15 snaps a game next year. Jason Onye's really filled out. He's another guy that I thought, again, it's just consistency. There's a couple snaps where you see Jason come off and he's quick and he gets into the gaps. And another place he just kind of hits and stops. And you just want to see him continue to move his feet and get a push. But when he comes off and, and he keeps his pads low and he moves his feet, both of those kids are, are good players. And that's where some of your beef is going to come from, right? Jason's a big kid. 
Gabriel's a big kid. So I thought they did some nice things today. I, I look, none of the defensive linemen. I thought Isaiah Foskey, you know, his as a pass rusher gets gets off the edge really, really well. I, Riley Mills played really well. There wasn't anybody that was like other than those guys that was like, wow, that guy was great. But they're just across the board. You saw some really good things. Like I wasn't paying attention to Josh Burnham, and all of a sudden he just comes flying off the edge. Great edge rush, smokes Tosh Baker off the line. So I went back and I, you know, it's like I gotta, I gotta find that play. Found it, and it's just like, just like, okay, yeah, you see the burst. I mean, just a really good burst off the line. Aiden Gobiris got to fill out. I don't know if he's physically ready to play yet, but then you saw snaps from him today where he's super twitchy, really explosive off the line. Uh, Nana was really good at the point of attack today, really physical at the point of attack, good block destruction, very stout on the edge. Uh, I thought there were some nice plays from Alexander Ahrensberger. I mean, defensive line played really well today. They used their hands extremely well. The only issue that I saw from the defensive line today is is in 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 um, Vince. I want you to kind of when you go back and watch the game again, I want you to look for this. I thought they they need a lot of work on the timing of their stunts. I thought that the timing of their stunts wasn't super super great today, uh, but we do know they're working on it because they we've seen them at multiple practices working on it. But that's still a bit of a work in progress. But other than that, I thought the D line played really well today. Uh, we're seeing a, a bit more counter moves from them. The block destruction was really good. The aggressiveness was there. They competed. Uh, it, honestly, that's what the best thing for me today was. Is I thought there was plays where the line beat the offense. The offensive line beat the defensive line. There was more plays where the defensive line beat the offensive line. But I thought those two units battled hard today. And I think the defensive line is was uh, was better. They, today they were better. But I thought they both played very, very well today. Chris Ayers asked, D-line, O-line, if you had to say one unit won the day, which one did? I'd probably go with defensive line today. Yeah, I'd go with defensive line. But I thought they both did some really good things. But I thought the defensive line, I mean, they're just swarming at the offensive line. The other thing, too, is there's a lot of linebacker stunts, a lot of safety stuff. So it wasn't just the D-line throwing at the offensive line. But I thought both of them did some – I thought both, both units – played hard I thought the defensive line played cleaner I'd say that's probably the biggest difference for me is the defensive line played cleaner today less inconsistency that was that was the big thing for me hey it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels so whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Linebackers today played extremely well. Um, the, the, we saw, like, So we've talked about this, like, you 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 were missing guys when you didn't have Maris last year. You know, junior junior uh, Jordan Patelho, you just he was out for a while, then he comes back, he's an end, he's a rover. 
you know, just didn't really ever get super comfortable. You've got the freshmen now. This was a different looking group. This didn't look like the group from last year. Longer, faster, playing confidently, really much better with the with you know I I, I didn't see a lot of Bo Bauer, so I can't comment on Bo. So I don't have any comment on Bo. I'm gonna have to go back and watch the film and, and watch Bo. So I, I didn't see him. The guys I did see, really good gap integrity, really good gap discipline, which is kind of the same thing. I thought they played fast. They were physical. I thought Maris was excellent today, just flying around the ball. Assignment correct, getting in the gaps, uh, getting in the zones and, and pass coverage, flying off the edge as a blitzer. I thought he played well. Um Caleb Collins says uh, with a super chat, thank you for that. It says Jordan Maris Jr. will be starting linebacker by the end of the season. Maybe, maybe. I am. I mean, there's a dude out not out there today that's going to have something to say about that. And his name is a guy that had over 100 tackles on the defense last year. Uh, but I mean, one thing I said on our message board is if those guys slip up, you're, you're darn right. But you know, the thing about what we saw, I mean, I, here's another guy that I thought played really well today that you didn't list. I thought Prince Collie looked really good today too. Really instinctive, you know, scraping across, flying to the ball. He looked quick. He had two tackles for loss in the game. I, I, I Jack Kaiser had five tackles today. He looked really good. I mean, that guys, that whole linebacking core played really well today. Uh, some of the freshmen did nice things. You know, Jalen Sneed playing hard. Will Schweitzer had a couple nice plays coming backside. You no, know, Nolan Ziegler, you know, had a couple nice plays, you know, late in the game as far as just running around, looking, looking, looking athletic. I'm telling you right now, like they've got some speed at linebacker, and it's not just the three that you guys mentioned with Junior, uh, with Junior to Alamaka and and Maris and and Jordan Patelho. Jack Kaiser played well. Prince Colley can run. The freshman can run. The, this is a really talented group, and today they played exceptionally well. They were doing a lot, like a lot of Tampa two today, which I thought was interesting. I don't, can't remember the last time I saw another name do that. Junior, that's the only time I saw Bo was a couple times on that Tampa two where the middle linebacker just runs right down the middle of the field and, and kind of plays that deep middle. But I thought the coverage was good today. I thought they did a nice job jumping up under these zones. There's one play where, you know, Junior kind of got up into the zone and there was a window there to hit it, but the quarterback wasn't quite on and the receiver saw Junior coming, so he kind of didn't quite get out there for it. But the thing I liked about Junior, for example, is he's, he's, he's really instinctive. And he, he's he's their biggest linebacker, but he moves well. But his instincts are really good. He's he showed gap discipline. I mean, he was downhill. He's beating linemen off the ball. Uh, his block destruction was was a little inconsistent today, but at times was really good. Now consistency is going to be the key. Like he got blocked pretty good on that first counter run uh, to Chris Tyree. Joe Walt came off and and blocked him pretty good. So if you really watch him the whole game, there's a lot of snaps you're like, yeah, that's got to get better. That's got to get better. But that, he's a freshman. That's what you kind of expect. If he can clean some of that stuff up, he's gonna he's gonna be hard to keep off the field. There's no question about it because he's big, he's physical, and he's a lot like Bo, but he's a more natural linebacker than Bo, who's more kind of an athlete, you know, and, and a guy that's not the most disciplined player. Junior is, and so I was really impressed with what I saw from him today. He's a kid that. You just look at it and you say, like, okay, freshman. What's the first question we always ask about freshmen? Okay, can they physically play? Second one is, okay, can they pick up the system? 
Well, there's no questions about either one of those with him. I think there's some technical things you got to prove footwork wise and hand placement, block destruction that, that, you know, all freshmen have to improve upon, but man, this kid is ready to play. There's no doubt about it. And we've heard that him and Jaden Mickey were the two best freshmen down the second half of the stretch. I talked to a buddy of mine the other day, and he was like, he talked to a former Notre Dame player that was at a couple practices late in the spring. And, was like, and his response was, Mickey and and Junior are going to be dudes. They're going to be they're going to be a problem for people. So I uh, I thought I thought he he played really well today. Jordan Patelho again when when and Junior had the pick as well. I mean he's he's a good football player and and. That's the thing is like he was effective in coverage today, getting up underneath middle zones, getting under, you know, reading in cuts and flying, getting depth to get those, you know, reading screens. I thought he did a really nice job there to pick. Maris had a great read on the screen that he picked off. I thought Jordan Patelho played really well today and every he played run well. He had a couple nice rushes off the edge. He was a, he was used as a, as a run blitzer and and, you know, he came off in, in some pass plays where he just was able to get depth and just look really good so I thought he played well Prince played well you know whoever put it up about the embarrassment of riches at linebacker you're absolutely right I mean again what they put how what we saw today it was what we saw today it was a really impressive group this this group of linebackers is is you saw the length you see the speed but the big thing is is I thought they were physical they're really physical today. Even even Jack Kaiser, like who's you know a, a little undersized guy, a little bit undersized, not a little undersized guy. It sounded insulting. That's not the way I meant it to come off. But I thought uh, I thought overall the linebackers played really well. There's some things you're gonna have to clean up. Obviously, it's a spring game, and and I I don't really grade a spring game as hard as I do a game because it's a spring game but I really liked what I saw from the linebackers on the second level, man, you know, Ryan Roberts has been riding the Brandon Joseph train since before the kid committed Notre Dame. I told y'all about how Ryan texted me when I was down in Arizona for the bowl game. When, when Brandon Joseph announced he was transferring, he's like, boy, I wish Notre Dame could get this guy. And they ended up getting him. And he was every, he's as good as advertised today. Incredible instincts. He does everything. Well, he played center field, played a lot in the alleys. He's great in run support. He fits off linebackers exceptionally well. Uh, plays the alleys well. Good tackler. Good blitzer. He's a he's an impressive guy. And look, I'm not saying he's Kyle Hamilton, right? They're different players, but it's not often you can lose a kid like Kyle Hamilton and, and look at your safety position and be like, yeah, they're 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 going to be fine. And and that's how I felt today. And I'll tell you, I'll tell you who else. I mean, you know, we can talk a lot more about Brandon Joseph if y'all want. We'll get to some questions. But I'll tell you who impressed me today. And Vince is gonna might have a heart attack, and and I might have to go visit him in the hospital after I say this. But you know who really impressed me today at safety? DJ Brown. This was as athletic. I mean, he looked quick. He looked athletic. He was he was playing. Con- DJ's always been a confident kid. But I really liked how well he was getting off the hash. I don't know if he lost some weight. I don't know if he reshaped his body. I don't know what he did, or maybe this is just a good day. But I really liked what I saw from DJ Brown today. He looked more fluid. His feet looked better. I really liked what I saw. He he played well. He came down aggressively. I, I was really impressed with DJ Brown today. Didn't get a chance to see much of Xavier Watts. I saw him miss one tackle on a, on a long run by Audric in the second half. Other than that, I didn't see a ton of him. 
I didn't see a, a lot. Houston Griffith, I didn't see a ton of Houston. I saw him come up on the touchdown and kind of come up and just kind of back off the long touchdown run, which I didn't like. You got to come and blow that lineman up. And that might be part of it too, because it's a spring game. Do you really want to take out your guards? You know, you're starting, you know, right now you're starting centers league, you know, knees and stuff like that. Um, Vince hasn't popped up on the screen yet, by the way. So I think I might've, I might've, uh, Oh, there he's alive. Okay. I think I thought my DJ comment might've, might've literally caused, caused him to, to have a, uh, a cardiac problem, but you know, I, I, I really liked, I liked what I saw from him, but Vin, you know, I need to see Houston come up, be a little bit more physical on that play. I didn't notice him other than that. I didn't notice Justin Walters a whole lot. Again, I got to go back and watch the film on some of those guys, but I really liked what I saw from DJ. I really liked what I saw from Houston. I thought Ramon Henderson had a rough day. I thought he was out of position a lot. I thought he was the one guy on defense that I didn't really think looked as comfortable as some of the other guys, at least in the plays that I that I saw him and noticed him. So I, I you know, he got juked on the one play. He wasn't the reason that they the long touchdown run. I don't think that was on him, although he's got to take a little bit better angle to that ball. But I think he just kind of wasn't prepared for Janarian Price's speed. But I uh, I thought he had a, a bit of a rough day from what I could see. Corner-wise, I thought I thought Clarence Lewis was solid. You know, didn't get, didn't get thrown on a ton. He was solid. I thought Jaden Mickey was was pretty good for the most part. He had a couple mistakes that would have resulted in bigger plays. There was two times that they got by him, and I think because he bit up and he shouldn't have bit up. There was a, a play where he almost intercepted a pass that they hit a corner route behind it, and I think that might have been him. Uh, Garth Cassidy asking about the freshman. Brian, what did you think of the both freshman corners, Bellamy and Mickey? I didn't see much of Jaden Bellamy. I just I saw him out there, but I didn't cue on him a lot. And and I'll I'll have more this week as we kind of kind of do a recap of the spring. We'll both Vince and I'll both break down the game and just kind of assess where these positions are heading into the offseason. I'm more on Jaden Bellamy then. I, the one thing I did notice on the couple snaps is he is a pretty physical kid. He's not real, he's pretty skinny, but he's a pretty physical kid. But Jaden Mickey a couple times gets a little bit too aggressive, right? Like in the play to Deion Coles, he could have got beat. So it didn't hurt him today, and it looks on film like, oh, he almost broke up the pass. I'm going to tell you right now, a couple of those plays against Ohio State, they're throwing it over his head for a touchdown. And and so he's got to be more disciplined. But he's got a ton of talent. I mean, Jaden's a physical kid. He's got great feet. He's tough. He's got to get a little stronger. And for a freshman, he's just a freshman. And he'll get stronger the summer and into the fall workouts. But – He's got a lot of natural feel for the position, but the one thing he's going to have to do is he's going to have to be more disciplined because a couple of those times he came up, and I'm just telling you, those conversions or those pump fakes, they're going to see that, and they're going to say, let's take a – because he's a freshman. They're going to take a shot at him and then go deep. I thought Phillip Riley looked better in the slot than he did outside. I thought Chance Tucker had some nice moments in this game as well. He's got he's a really long kid. He's got really long arms. He had a, he had. I thought you know the play where, where Braden Lindsey caught that pass for like 22 yards, I actually thought that that Chance did a really nice job on that play. I mean, he was staying on top. He you know wasn't he wasn't in great phase. Like he was a little bit too ahead of Braden, but for the most part, he did a nice job. It was such a bad ball that Chance had no chance to he had no pun intended had no chance to play it. He did some nice things in this game. I tell you what, I like the defensive backs hit today. And that's something I was really happy to see. You know, we saw Ryan Barnes lay, lay the wood on some people. I thought he had a solid game. I thought Ryan played well. They did a nice job. You know, he would come up quick and, and jump on guys as soon as they caught the ball, minimize gains. He was good against the run. It's a couple of times 
he, you know, they kind of, they, they had him locked in in coverage and I thought he was real sticky in coverage in those instances, you know, ran real smooth transitions. I thought he played pretty well uh, as well. And, and like, like my guy, Mike said, hey, he likes to hit. He laid the wood on some dudes. Now he's got to be smarter because a couple of those were borderline targetings where in a game you might get booted. He's got to stop lowering his head. So that's a technical thing they got to work on. But I, I liked how I liked how Ryan played that he's filled out. He looked stronger. He was more physical and press. Uh, was able to keep hands on down the field, not in a grabby way, but keeping hands on down the field. Uh, really liked what I saw from him. So just overall in the secondary, I, I thought they did a really nice job. They got beat a few times. I mean, they were they, they should have got beat more than than they did. That was more of a quarterback problem. So there's definitely room for improvement, and there was things that should have happened today that would have happened against an Ohio State, a USC that didn't get exposed today because of the quarterback play. But overall, I thought they did some nice things. It's a work in progress, but it's a it's definitely they're definitely a little further ahead than I thought they would be. Part of that is just because, you know, Mickey and Barnes are playing well. The depth is there. But if DJ Brown can can continue to look like he looked, and I know people have their comments about whatever else, you can continue to look at him for what he was, but I'm just going off of what I saw today. He was a much more athletic-looking kid today than I saw in the fall. Now, we'll see if that continues this upcoming fall, but DJ looked good today. And then uh, that's kind of my my takeaway, Vince. So if you wanna if you wanna get me some defensive questions here, and we can go through and work through those here over the next uh, several minutes. Sean S with a super chat. Thank you very much for that, Sean. He says, could the defense have four potential All Americans with Joseph Maris, Foskey, and Hart? When was the last time Notre Dame had that on defense? Very encouraging. I mean, it's possible. I mean, look, with Marist, I still got to see it, right? Like, I, I think Marist could be an absolute standout player. But I still got to see it, right? I still got to see him go out there and and, and really be that kind of player. Uh, I'm going to pull up the All-American list here from a couple of years because I think that Notre Dame um, might have been close to that here a couple of years ago. But I, I need to see him – I need to see him actually do it, you know, and, and – and, does he have the tools to be that guy? Sure. He's got the tools to be that guy. I just, I just got to see it, right? I need to see it from him first. I'm not ready to quite, I'm not ready, quite ready to, to throw him out there. People talked about Jason Adamiola. I don't think Jason's ever going to have the production opportunities to be an all American. That's, that's the only problem there. I think he's a talent to be that guy, but I don't think the production will be there just because of the type of defense they play. And he's just, I mean, defensive tackles got to be 10 plus 10 plus tackles for loss to be an All-American type of player. But, you know, Cam Hart definitely has All-American potential. Isaiah obviously has All-American potential. The, the problem is when, when, you know, a team like Notre Dame is going to have to kind of have a little bit more than just, you know, talented players because they're not going to get the benefit of the doubt that some other players are, are going to get. That That's the issue that you're that you're going to have. Um, but there, there's certainly a chance. I mean, there's certainly a chance. Those guys all have the talent to be that kind of player. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past them, but I'm just not quite ready to, to go that far in my excitement just yet because a couple of those guys gotta, gotta show some things. So, but uh, I mean, it's it's I get the excitement, I, I do, Sean, I definitely get the excitement. And you got any more questions about the defense, Vince? Before we wrap up on the special teams and to leave everybody depressed before the <laughs> before the end of the show, I just want to say something. I saw the Vince comment on that. Look, Notre Dame's number one and number two punters are currently not on campus. 
that's going to be bright, uh, Bryce McPherson and, and the, the kid from Harvard. I forget his name. To be honest with you, I apologize for that. But their top two punters are not on campus. The kid that was punting half of the day today, one was a walk-on, Salerno. The other kid is the starting goalkeeper on the soccer team, Brian Dowd. So I, 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 he's got a strong leg. It's just not consistent. You know, the key would be is if he could commit to just punting, I think he could do some nice things. He had a couple really good really good kicks today, but then there's a couple they just shanked, which you'd expect from a guy that's, you know, playing two sports. So I'm I'm not too concerned about that. I was more concerned about the missed field goals. That I mean, the, the both of them showed strong legs. I mean, the first missed kick that Josh Bryant had, it's a 48 yard kick. It would have been good from 50 plus easy. He just missed. And I mean that's kind of an important deal. Doesn't have, matter how hard you kick it, you know, you, you just flat out miss and the the the, I mean, one of the other misses was wasn't even close. So that was a, a really big problem today. Sid Iris says, is Notre Dame's defense the best defense that the offense will face this year? Oh, uh, it's either them or Clemson. Yeah, I, I, it, it was either them or Clemson. Clemson's going to have a really good defense this year, Sid. The great defensive line. I mean, if there's a defensive line in the country that could be better than Notre Dame's, it's, there's a couple that could that are in the conversation. And you all know we're super high on the defensive line, and we didn't see that all of the def- I mean, we didn't see a whole healthy defensive line today because we didn't see Jason Adamiola, who's my opinion their second best defensive lineman behind Isaiah Foskey. So you know, to me, Clemson has a chance of being better. Brian Breezy's a stud. Miles Murphy's really good. Tyler Davis is back. He's a dude. Clemson has a chance to be even better up front. Now I'm not saying it's a given, but but yeah, they were pretty good last year. What was often missed in Clemson's season, which a lot of people consider their 10-3 and year to be disappointing, which I understand because they didn't really beat many good teams. I mean, beat more good teams than Notre Dame beat last year because they had to win over Wake Forest. But, um, you know, it was a a down year for Clemson. Their front seven was really – or their front four, at least, was really good. Linebackers, a little bit more of a question mark, but their front four is really good. I think what will determine if – Clemson's better than Notre Dame on defense. It is their back end. There's their linebackers and their safe. Their secondary. I think both teams have question marks in the secondary. I think Notre Dame's best two DBs are better than Clemson's best two DBs. The question is, what about what's after that? And then linebacker, Clemson right now, based on what we saw last year, should have better linebackers. But I think Notre Dame has more talent at linebacker. Because we didn't see Maris last year. You know, juniors arrived. I mean, J.D. Bertrand going from Will to Mike makes him a better player. You know, Patelho, if he can stay out of trouble and, and be today what he – all the time what he was today, which is on the team and playing well, he could be a super disruptive player. So I think Notre Dame has a chance to be one of the five best defenses in the country. There's just a lot that still has to happen between now and then to, uh, to get to that point. So I'm not ready to quite go there yet, but it has a chance to be that. So yes, I, I, I think there's something to it. Caleb Claus says, if this day, if they didn't show a lot, then this D will be top five this season. Yeah. That's the question. I mean, again, Caleb, that's just what I'm told, right? Like, you know, I don't, I don't believe everything that I'm told. So I don't know if, I don't know if that's accurate or not. I thought they showed a decent amount, but man, even if that, this is all they did and they, the thing is, they have the talent on defense. They don't have to out scheme people, right? Just, just be like twenty. This this team has a chance to be like that twenty eighteen team, right? Where you don't have to go out scheme people. You're just really good. Just go play. I don't know if they're going to be as good at the second corner spot as they were in twenty eighteen, 
that's the question, the big question mark I have. But this this defense has a chance to be really good. There's there's no doubt about it. Robin Dennis, what skills of Mickey do you like best, and what does he need to improve? So the, I think a couple things I like, Robin. It's a good question. Number one, he's got really good feet. Cornerback, especially a five eleven corner, has to have great feet. You know that includes being able to come, you know, plant and drive downhill in zone. It means being able to really quickly turn your feet, which also requires loose hips on transitions. It means being able to kind of, you know, suddenly move, you know, plant in, plant out when guys make cuts. He's got great feet. He's got really good instincts. Like there's this, this thing saying, like, you know, he he can he knows how to run the route, right? Meaning he kind of can run the route with the receiver, which is an instinctual thing. It's a technical thing. It's also coaching. Like this is your cues. These are things you need to look read. He's got a really good mind for the game. He's incredibly confident. And in high school, he showed good ball skills. I haven't had a chance to see those ball skills yet in college, but he's got those tools. He's strong, got very strong hands, and he's he run. He can run. He's got good speed. So a lot of the tools are there. The things he needs to work on, consistency from a technique standpoint. And my big fear with Jaden is he's too aggressive, at least what we saw today, too aggressive. And this hurt him on one of the early practices when he got burned by Braden Lindsay because he bit on a move. He's really aggressive. And I've always said I would rather a guy be too aggressive and then I've got to kind of, you know, uh, pull him back a little bit than to have a guy that's like not real aggressive that you got to try to push. So I'll take that over the opposite any day of the week, but I'd rather a guy just not be either, right? Just you know, be aggressive, but smart and disciplined, which as a freshman, you understand. So I think that the, the overall technique, right, his footwork, he's really, he has great feet, but his footwork isn't always where it needs to be, right? He, his, he's, he's smart and instinctive, but sometimes he takes risks. He jumps things like that. So that's a, a, an important part too. Nolan Sanchez, how big is Mickey? He looks like he has ball skills to play. Again, I, I mean, we didn't really see that today because ball skills to me are not driving downhill on a quick route. That's not ball skills to me. Ball skills is playing the deep ball, right? Any decent cornerback can sit back and see the ball and see a route and it's all in front of him and drive on the ball. That's that's not great ball skills. Great ball skills is someone who can play the ball down the field once they've had to flip their hips. That's great ball skills to me. And not that he doesn't have that because he showed it in high school. He showed those in high school. We just didn't see that today because they didn't really test him downfield today. So when I say we didn't see it, it's not that I I they he had chances and didn't show it. It's just we didn't we didn't see him get tested in that regard. John A1, what is the best we can expect this year from Ryan Barnes? Um, it's a little too early to tell, but I mean I think the kid can be a starter. I think the kid's got a chance to be a starting cornerback at Notre Dame. Like that's the best we can expect from him this year. I just don't know if he's going to get there or not. But I mean, th- he's a good football player. Garth Cassidy asks, uh, Brian, question for you. When Heinish comes in during the summer, would you put him uh, Would you put him to learn three technique or one technique like his brother? I, I think, number one, it depends on what he looks like when he shows up, right? I mean, that's 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 a big part of it is, is he 265? Is he 285, 290? If he's, if he's kind of what I think he's going to be, probably three technique. And then if he can grow into a nose – then you move him there, but probably three technique is probably where I would start him uh, and then let cross and then let um, cross Rubio Onye, Some of those guys if Adrian, Aiden Canna, Ana can come back, which I don't, I don't know if he, it'll be a while before he gets back. 
There's other better options at nose, bigger options. You don't need two undersized quick guys at nose tackle. Let let Donovan learn the three technique, and then if his body fills out and he can play nose, then you could make that move down the road. And it's not a change. It's the same defense, right? You know what you've got to do. It's just there's some differences, some little minor differences, but it's not like you're learning a new position. So Vince said that is it for the defensive questions. Let's see if there's any – I saw somebody ask about recruiting here real quick. Uh, any recruiting nuggets we have, and we've put some up, including some some nice juicy ones. Those are going to be on the message board. Those those aren't going to be a part of the show tonight. So if you want to get those, go to the message board. Uh, some really really good things uh, on there. Right, and I haven't even updated. I haven't even looked since the show started to see what Ryan and Sean have put up. So today's Sean's birthday. First of all, so everybody go wish Sean a happy birthday on on Twitter. But uh, he's still calling recruits and all that kind of stuff. So. Uh, the guys are the guys are pretty fired up uh, about obviously about this big recruiting day for Notre Dame, and uh, yeah, some really some really interesting nuggets there. Irish eight one two. Do you think they'll do a draft again next year after watching today's game? I think it was way too sloppy when you're forced to play a bunch of players who aren't used to playing with each other. I, I'm fine with it. I, I like the way they did it. I think I think there's things you can learn, and, and, and I don't disagree with your premise today. I mean, it, it was sloppy, but let's also consider that part of the sloppiness had to do with you had some injuries on the offensive line. You know, Tonona's out. Shrouth is out. You have three freshmen having arrived. Jarrett Patterson's out. So you didn't have enough linemen to kind of have a, a, a two two teams. Starting quarterback was hurt, right? You don't. You're out. You, you're out. You've got two injured receivers. Your best defensive tackles out. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of dudes missing that in a normal situation would be there. the The other part of it too is is I think sometimes what you look at as a negative is something to me that as a coach, I want to see how do you handle adversity? Like if you've been playing with guys for 15 practice or 14 practices, okay, cool. You can go out there and play in that system. But what if we get into a game and three guys go down or three guys get suspended or something like that? Some, we got to make an adjustment. You know, can you play on the fly? Can you play when you're out of your comfort zone? I think you learn a lot about your team in that regard. So I, I kind of like it. And, you know, the sloppiness aspect of it, I mean, I, I get all that, but I, I think the major sloppiness really came from the quarterback. Some of the other stuff was normal. I mean, like, I mean, the, well, quarterback and then special teams, but that doesn't have anything to do with the draft. Uh, I, I thought some of the sloppiness is just normal spring, false starts, guys not lined up right. That stuff, that's just normal spring stuff. And again, I'm not, as a coach, I'm not okay with it. I'm not accepting it, but I'm also not, like as an analyst, I'm not losing my mind over it because it's April 23rd. I expect that. But I, 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 again, I really do think that sometimes you want to put your guys in uncomfortable situations where they're not practicing with the guys they've been with all spring. And how do you handle that? How do you prepare? How do you adjust? What's your communication like? Who takes charge? Like, so, like, for example, let's say you'll say you have two guys that are on defense that are just great leaders and they happen to get drafted. You know, they're on the same team, not that they're drafted, but, you know, they happen to be on the same team. And so the other teams drafting players, and it's like, okay, like I'm not normally one of vocal leaders, but you know what? Nobody else is. I got to step up and take control of that, right? And so who is that? And you learn something about that team. You know, hey, this guy, you know, we we've been going with this combination of linebacker, but in the spring game, we saw this combination, and man, it looked really good. We would not have seen Junior and Marist and Junior Jordan Patel playing together if it wasn't for the draft. It would have been Marist and Bo and Jack Kaiser. Right. So I think you got to you got to trade a little bit. I think had Buckner played today, we've seen things a little differently. The one thing I would say, the one thing I would consider, 
is if you're going to have linemen and quarterbacks playing both ways, and this is just normal for spring game, I kind of like the idea of of different point systems. Like, yeah, you get points for touchdowns, but like, you know, get points for turnovers, get points for stop times behind the line. Just you know, do things to put more points on the board, right? That's not like a normal game. That's the thing I would say spice it up. But if they don't do the draft in the future, okay, I'm I'm cool with that. If they do the draft again, I'm cool with that too because I think there's there's a lot that you can learn about your team and, and it's fun. I think the kids really took ownership of it. I mean, you saw the the blue team had like the, you know, oh God, I want to I want to find it. It was uh something about that Al Washington's number on the back, and something about you know something about with something washed because it was about Coach Washington. It was really it was a really cool thing. I thought it was really funny. Um, you know, I, I thought that was really cool. So I, I I enjoyed that very very much. But yeah, I can't find it. We'll have to we'll have to get to it. Um. So anyway, uh, yeah, I, I kind of like it. I kind of, I kind of liked it. Richard Malby, super chat. Thank you very much. Jaden Thomas reminds me of Miles Boykin. Also, I'm a big Colsey fan. Length for Colsey is different. Thomas may grow into straight athletic tight end. I don't think he's that. I don't think he's that big, Richard. I don't see that in him. I think he's. I think he's so, in in Wash We Trust. That's what it was. Thanks everybody. I see that now. That yeah, in Wash We Trust. Said in Wash We Trust on the front, and then the fifty six on the back. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh, and and the other cool thing, you know, I like the fact that Marcus Freeman allowed some of his assistants to, like take on head coaching roles. I think that's smart. I think that's great promoting your your assistants and giving them even if it's just for a short period of time some leadership. Back to Richard's question. Jaden Thomas, I, I think he's more. I think he's. I don't. He doesn't remind me of Miles Boykin. And the reason I say that is Miles was a pure vertical. All his damage was to the point of cutting the catch. He wasn't doing a whole lot after the catch. And and Jaden is. I mean, you weren't throwing him some of the screens that Jaden Thomas caught today. You weren't running him on a jet sweep and having him look as good as Jaden Thomas looked on that jet sweep today. I think they're different athletically. I, I think they're different players in my opinion. And, and I, I don't see that. I mean, you, you could be right. I just, I don't see Jaden being like a tight end. I think he's a pretty decent receiver. What he could be Richard. And this is kind of in line with what you're saying. You know, Ryan and I've talked about how in a pro style offense, you know, you could have a slot that's maybe a bigger guy, not a quick guy. You know, he can do stuff after the catch, but he can work the zones. And I think there could be a role like that down the road for Jaden Thomas. Especially like when Braden Lindsay leaves, if Lorenzo Styles goes back outside, you know you could see Jaden getting some work in there as well. And even if L- L- Lindsay stays inside, you could still see it. Colonel Clink's monocle. Which unit do you think will make the biggest jump between today and OSU? I hope quarterback. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case, but I hope it's quarterback. There, there's no, there's no doubt. They need to play a lot better than they played today. Caleb Collins, how do you feel about the former players being back on campus? I thought it was phenomenal. I mean, I, it's cool. I was, I'm walking down uh, a buddy of mine got me a ticket up in the, up in the suite section and I'm walking past and it's like rocket and Pat Terrell just walk right by me and they're just talking. I'm like, wow, that's, I just, I just walked by the rocket. Like that was pretty cool. Uh, that, that was pretty awesome. And I, I don't get that way very often, but I mean, you saw Aaron Taylor there, you saw rocket, saw Pat Terrell, saw uh, my guy, Oscar McBride. I mean, there was, uh, I think I saw Todd Carter, I think was on campus today which was great down there with, with Aaron Taylor. I mean, there were so many former players back today. Tons of guys from the Brian Kelly era were back today. Miles Boykin, Chase Claypool, all those. You saw Ian Book, Jalen Elliott. I mean, so many of those guys were back on campus today. I thought that was awesome. 
this is what Marcus Freeman said he wanted. And, and look, Aaron Taylor said it. My dad, I didn't see it live. My dad told me about it. I went back and watched it. But, you know, he talked about, and if you're welcome, and like, I want to say something about this. Brian Kelly deserves blame for that, but that's something that go that predates Brian. He continued a crap policy of he didn't care about the former players. But this has been going on for a while. This this happened in Charlie. This happened in Ty, Davey. This has been going on for a while. And I love the fact that Notre Dame brought him back. And here's the other thing. It's not just that they came back and watched the game. They had stuff going on last night. They had stuff going on before the game. They honored him at the game. I thought the way Notre Dame handled it today was excellent. I was very, very happy, very happy with, with that. And I think it's going to impact the program in a very positive, very, very positive way. So let's get to a few more questions here before I got to get out of here. Uh, Vince, obviously, any super chats creep up, but let's get the, let's knock out these last couple. Is that it? So, okay, great. So Vince said that is it for the question. So, hey, everybody, thank you all so much. Uh, if we have some news tomorrow, there may be some news tomorrow that you want to pay attention, which means you need to make sure you've hit that notification bell, which needs to be preceded by hitting the like button, hitting the notification, hitting the, hitting the subscri- subscribe, right? Like the, like the show, subscribe, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, sign up for irishbreakdown.com, right? Go to boards at irishbreakdown.com. Definitely sign up. We've got a lot of recruiting intel. We're expecting some news tomorrow. It's not guaranteed, but we're expect, expecting some news tomorrow. DMND13, Ryan put a a recruiting update on the board. And if anyone is not on the board and cares about Notre Dame football and recruiting, just his update tonight brought happiness to me well worth the $5 this month. And it was a very, very good update. Sean had some stuff in there too. You're definitely going to be on the part of the message board. Uh, Tons going on. And some of the stuff guys, we just have to, we have to keep premium, right? Because there's people that watch this show from other places and they, you know, they're going to take stuff and run with it. If they're going to steal our stuff, we need to at least make them pay for it. Right. So kind of say that half jokingly, but not completely jokingly. Uh, so some of that stuff is going to be on there, but uh, a lot. And we have great discussion, too. It's not just I mean, we had a really good talk. There's a couple people that got negative. But for the most part, I was really, really pleased with what we saw today from the conversation. Obviously, a lot of people not happy about the quarterback play. Understandable. Uh, well, Drew Pine version of the quarterback play. So. Uh, a ton of ton of going on. Dwin D win five said so Jaden Thomas equals Javon McKinley. That's a better comparison. I think that's a I mean, again, not it's not a direct comparison because because Jaden is a little bit smooth and J, Javon was fat a little faster. But I I that's a good comparison there. But anyway, everybody, thanks for joining me today. Thanks to everybody that came to uh, the today. Whoever came up to me and asked me to made the joke about Dante Moore at the restaurant yesterday, I didn't get a chance to say hi to you. Really appreciate that. We had a really good laugh about that. That was really awesome. And for everybody we saw today, thank you all so much for coming to the tailgate. It was a lot of fun discussion. I finally got to tell the Brian Van Gorder Bible story. All right. And Irish Knicks I just want to just was able to check in. Going to go back and watch the beginning soon. Brian and Ryan, it was great meeting you guys today because Irish Nick was there. Love the knowledge you guys bring. If you're not a member, join. I concur. Anyway, have a great rest of your night, everybody. And thank you so much for joining the Irish Breakdown Podcast.
Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.